باب لئی سمنا من شقل جیوب لئی سمنا ہی از ناٹ اوس ہو از ناٹ اوس من شقل جیوب دا ون ہو ٹیئرز ہز شرٹ بیکاز وین یو ڈویل آن سیڈنس دین وٹ ول ہیپن دیٹ سیڈنس ول اسٹے لائک دیٹ اور ول اٹ انکریز ول اٹ انکریز اور ناٹ گیو می دی آنسر اٹ ول انکریز ایف یو سی سم ون کرائنگ ڈز دیٹ میک یو سیڈ Does that make you sad? Yeah. My mom saw my daughter crying yesterday. I don't know what happened. Something maybe between the kids. My mom saw my daughter crying and my mom couldn't handle it. She started crying later. So sometimes it happens that even just seeing someone grieving makes you, makes you sad. So we cannot eliminate sadness, but we have to try to keep some level of composure Why? Because if we allow that sadness to grow, then it will make us behave ignorantly. Now, in niyaha, in wailing, this is also something that people would do. They would tear their clothes. Have you ever seen children throwing things in anger? Yeah? Have you ever seen children falling down in anger? Or in sadness? Huh? Throw, exactly. They throw themselves. And as they throw themselves, sometimes they get more hurt. Isn't it? So, لَيْسَ مِنَّا مَنْ شَقَّ الْجُيُوبِ حَدَّثَنَا أَبُو نُعَيْمٍ حَدَّثَنَا سُفْيَانٍ حَدَّثَنَا زُبَيْدٌ الْيَامِيُّ عَنْ إِبْرَاهِيمٍ عَنْ مَسْرُوقٍ عَنْ عَبْدِ اللَّهِ رضي الله عنه قال قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said لَيْسَ مِنَّا مَنْ لَطَمَ الْخُدُودِ He is not of us. Who is not of us? مَنْ لَطَمَ الْخُدُودِ The one who slaps the cheeks. خد. خد is in the Qur'an, right? It's mentioned in the Qur'an. وَلَا تُصَعِرْ خَدَّكَ لِلنَّاسِ So خُدُود, cheeks. لَطَمْ is to slap. وَشَقَّ الْجُيُوبِ And the one who tears his clothes, his shirt. وَدَعَا بِدَعْوَ الْجَاهِلِيَّةِ And cries with the cry of jahiliyyah. Such a person is not of us. What does it mean by this? لَيْسَ مِنَّا He is not of us. This is تَبَرُّ تَبَرُّ is to declare one's dissociation from someone. That when you say, I don't agree with them, I don't accept it, I don't approve of it, I declare that I have nothing to do with this. So, لَيْسَ مِنَّا means that the Prophet ﷺ did not approve of such actions. And when he did not approve of it, and he said something so serious, لَيْسَ مِنَّا What does it mean? That these actions then are major sins. This doesn't mean that such a person is no longer Muslim. Laysa minna does not mean he's not a Muslim anymore. Now what this means is that because of these specific actions are sins. And what this means is, Laysa minna, that this is not the way of the believer. What is not the way of the believer? That at a time of sadness, he slaps his cheeks, tears his clothes, or says the call of jahiliyyah. Three things. First of all, slapping the cheeks. لَطَمَ khudud. The Arabs would do this at a time of musibah. At a time of hardship. Tearing the shirt. This was an expression of anger. تَسَخُط That I'm so mad. I'm so upset. The cry of jahiliyyah. What does it mean by that? دَعَى بِدَعْوَ الْجَاهِلِيَّةِ Okay, saying wrong things. You see, in the Qur'an, we learn that When the people will be thrown into hell, دَعَوْ هُنَالِكَ سُبُورًا Or, فَسَوْفَ يَدْعُوا 
Subura. What does it mean? What does Subur mean? Destruction. So as they're put in hell, they will ask for destruction. Why? What does it mean by that? Aren't they already in destruction? Why are they asking for more destruction? What does it mean by that? They're asking for complete ruin, death. Right? That's what they're asking for. Now sometimes, especially the Arabs, what they would do is that if they were struck by some difficulty, they would say things like, Ya Waila, Ya Subura. Wail as in destruction, Subur also, destruction. That if they have lost someone, then may I die also. Because what's the point of living after this person has gone? You understand? What's the point of living after my beloved has passed away? I might as well die. I might as well be finished. And yes, this is something extreme, but we see lesser forms of this in our expressions of frustration also. Or anger. Or sadness. When we say things like, what's the point of all of this? Might as well leave. Or when a person begins to have suicidal thoughts. When people think about leaving their families, abandoning them, you know, going away from them. That what's the point? There's no benefit. So this is da'wal jahiliya. And we are forbidden from making such du'as. Because what does this du'a mean? That I, I can't do sabr over this. And I'm so upset, I cannot deal with this, that I might as well die. People say things like, oh, I can't live without him. I can't survive without them. So these words that I can't survive, I can't live without an individual or without something in my life, this is what? Da'wal jahiliyyah. No, you're not living because of a person. You're living because Allah al-Hay gave you life. You're not surviving because something is present in your life. You're surviving because Allah is al-Qayyum. He's providing for you. He is sustaining you. He is looking after you. So this is why the statement is very serious. And when a person does not have composure at a time of sadness, then he begins to say such jahili things. So the Prophet ﷺ said, لَيْسَ minna." Such a person is not of us. Meaning this is not the way of the believer. What's the way of the believer? إِنَّا لِلَّهِ وَإِنَّا إِلَيْهِ رَاجِعُونَ The way of the believer is sabr. The way of the believer is that the believer expects reward from Allah over his loss. Which is why after the istirja' after saying إِنَّا لِلَّهِ وَإِنَّا إِلَيْهِ رَاجِعُونَ What are we taught to say? اللَّهُمَّ جُرْنِي فِي مُصِيبَتِي وَأَخْلِفْلِي خَيْرًا مِنْهَا That, oh Allah, reward me for my musibah, for my difficulty. And give me something better in place of it. That whatever I have lost, replace it with something good. So we see in this hadith, two types of negative responses are mentioned. One is verbal, and the other is inaction. The verbal one is saying, da'wal jahiliya, Asking for destruction. Asking for death. Asking for more ruin. And the fairly is slapping the cheeks, tearing the clothes, etc. Bab Ritha in Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Sa'ad ibn Khawlata radiallahu anhu. Ritha in Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ritha. Ritha is to express one's grief. Okay? Marthiya, you may have heard, is poetry that is said over someone who has passed away where you praise them, mention their good qualities, make dua for them, etc. Okay? So, Ritha in Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Sa'ad ibn Khawlata. 
Now, many times the marthiyah that people say has a lot of exaggeration, sometimes lies, sometimes statements that are inappropriate, that are disrespectful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is why in general, remember that marthiyah is something disliked. It's not okay. Right? In fact, there are some narrations which tell us that this is something even forbidden. But can you express your sadness over someone who has died? Yeah? Can you say? Can you say something? Can you give me an example of how you would express sadness over someone's death? Okay, give me like an, an example, a sentence that you would say. So for example, you hear about someone's death. What would you say? Okay, they were such a good person. I'm going to miss them so much. Okay, that's something good. That, for example, we hope the best for them. We expect the best for them. We hope that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reward them. Okay. May Allah increase their ranks and give them Jannatul Firdaus. How are you going to express your sadness? You're telling me the things that you should be saying. This is Ritha. What will you say? Or will you say nothing? I remember there was a death in the family, so somebody came to offer their condolences and they said, our sympathies are with you. It was a non-Muslim, but they, but they said that statement. But as a family member, as a close person, what do you say when you lose someone? Go ahead. Patience? You don't understand the ritha. Ritha is to express sadness. You don't express sadness? Okay. We're so sorry to hear that. You Again, you give me examples of what is supposed to be said. So for example, somebody passes away and then there is Eid a couple months later. So you miss them and you say, I wish they were here. Okay. So that's the thing. Usually when we express ourselves at such a time, we either express negatively or we express in a very fake way. Right? We're not honest with our feelings. The Prophet ﷺ was honest in expressing his feelings. And he expressed his sadness over Sa'd ibn Khawla radiallahu anhu. How so? Now since we cannot figure this out, let's look at the hadith. حدثنا عبد الله بن يوسف أخبرنا مالك عن ابن شهاب عن عامر بن سعد بن أبي وقاص عن أبيه رضي الله عنه قال كان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يعودني عام حجة الوداع سعد بن أبي وقاص This is different from سعد بن خولة okay. The hadith in the bab سعد بن خولة is mentioned But here سعد بن أبي وقاص is mentioned in the hadith at the beginning so Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqqas said that the Prophet ﷺ came to visit me in the year of Hajjat al-Wada'r, the farewell pilgrimage. Why did he come to visit me? Min waja'in ishtaddabi, because of a pain, because of a sickness that had become very intense. So people feared for his life. Okay, So the Prophet ﷺ came to visit him. فَقُلْتُ So I said to the Prophet ﷺ that إِنِّي قَدْ بَلَغَنِي مِنَ الْوَجَعِ that certainly great pain or great sickness has reached me. And I am a person of wealth. Meaning, I'm very sick. I don't know if I'm going to survive. And I have some money. And no one will inherit from me except for a daughter. Okay? Meaning from among my children, it's only my daughter who will inherit from me. So then can I give charity? Bisulu say mali, two thirds of my wealth. 
Sulus is two-thirds, right? So he said, can I give this much of my wealth in charity? Qala, the Prophet ﷺ said, no. La, no. فَقُلْتُ بِالشَّطْرِ So I said, what about half? Again, the Prophet ﷺ said, la, no. ثُمَّ قَالَ And then he said, الثُلُس. Give a third. وَالثُلُسُ كَبِيرٌ أَوْ كَثِيرٌ And even a third is is a lot, is a big amount. إِنَّكَ أَن تَدَرَ وَرَثَتَكَ أَغْنِيَا If you were to leave your heirs wealthy, then خَيْرٌ مِّنْ أَن تَدَرَهُمْ عَالَةً It would be better than if you were to leave them poor. يَتَكَفَّفُونَ النَّاسِ with them spreading their hands, their cuff, before the people. Meaning, don't leave them poor so that they have to go beg others. وَإِنَّكَ لَن تُنْفِقَ نَفَقَةً تَبْتَغِي بِهَا وَجْهَ اللَّهِ And you don't spend anything by which you seek the face of Allah, إِلَّا أُجِرْتَ بِهَا Except that you will be rewarded for it. حَتَّى مَا تَجْعَلُ فِي فِمْرَأَتِكَ Even the morsel of food that you put in the mouth of your wife. So basically the Prophet ﷺ is encouraging him, advising him that if you leave your wealth to your daughter, that's, you know, and she's the only one who inherits from among your children, that's not a bad thing. Because when you spend on your family also, then for that you get rewarded. فَقُلْتُ يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ So then I said, O Messenger of Allah, أُخَلَّفُ بَعْدَ أَصْحَابِي I have been left behind after my companions. What does it mean by this? Remember they were in Makkah, right? At this time. This is the farewell pilgrimage. Who is Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqas radiallahu anhu? He is one of the muhajirun. One of the sabiqun al-awwalun. Someone who embraced Islam at the very beginning. And he had migrated from Makkah to Medina. He had left Makkah. Why? For the sake of Allah. And now he was visiting Makkah. And during his visit, he fell ill. And the people were leaving one by one because they were able to go back to Medina, so they were going. But he was not in any state to travel. So he was still in Makkah and he was afraid that he might die in Makkah. And that was something very frightening for him. Why? Because if he had left Makkah for the sake of Allah, he didn't want to die in Makkah. Inshallah, we'll discuss that a little bit more later. So he said, أُخَلَّفُ بَعْدَ أَصْحَابِي قَالَ The Prophet ﷺ said, إِنَّكَ لَن تُخَلَّفَ فَتَعْمَلَ عَمَلًا صَالِحًا إِلَّا زَدَّتَّ بِهِ دَرَجَةً وَرِفْعَةً He said, you will not be left behind. Why? Because any virtuous action you do will raise you in degree and elevation near Allah. ثُمَّ لَعَلَّكَ أَن تُخَلَّفَ حَتَّى يَنْتَفِعَ بِكَ أَقْوَامٌ وَيُضَرَّ بِكَ آخَرُونَ And then you might be left behind in the sense that you might live on so that some people will benefit from you and others harmed by you. Meaning you don't know, maybe you will live long. So the Prophet ﷺ is giving him hope over here. And then the Prophet ﷺ made dua. اللَّهُمَّ أَنْضِلِ أَصْحَابِ هِجْرَتَهُمْ O Allah, let my companions complete their وَلَا تَرُدَّهُمْ عَلَىٰ أَعْقَابِهِمْ And do not let them turn back on their heels. So he made dua for Sa'ad رضي الله عنه that may he not die in Makkah, may his hijra be complete. And then the Prophet said, لَكِنِ الْبَائِسُ سَعْدُ بْنُ خَوْلَ But poor Sa'ad ibn Khawla. That's all he said. 
The narrator says, يَرُثِي لَهُ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ The Prophet ﷺ was expressing sadness over him. Why? أَنْ مَاتَ بِمَكَّةَ Because he had died in Makkah. So who is Sa'ad ibn Khawla? Sa'ad ibn Khawla was also of the Muhajirun. He had left Makkah, he had immigrated to Medina. And then when he was in Makkah later, and there's a difference of opinion as to exactly when he passed away, but because he was from Makkah, it's understood that he immigrated from there. And in one of his visits back to the city of Makkah, he passed away in Makkah. So the Prophet ﷺ felt sad for him. And he said, لَكِنِ الْبَائِسُ سَعْدُ بْنُ خَوْلَ Poor him. This is similar to how if someone passes away, you feel sad for them. You say, poor child. You say things like, young woman, she passed away, just got married. Her little children, la ilaha illallah. Right? This is how you express sadness. You express sadness by describing the state of the person who has passed away. That how it's a pitiful state. That given their age, given their circumstances, given their health, given their family, given their children, things like that. You mention that and you express your sadness over it. Now when you express your sadness over that, you're not objecting at Allah's decision. That why did this person die when they recently got married? They were so young. This morning, as I was studying and my daughter was trying to read the text on the computer, she read the text that was talking about the, the son of the Prophet ﷺ, Ibrahim, when he died. So I told her that he died when he was a baby. She looked at me and he died as a baby? Why did he die as a baby? Like she couldn't understand how could a baby die. And she was really sad that a baby died. What happened? So this is something you experience, you know. Just yesterday someone told me that one of their cousins, 24 years old, recently married, went on a hike for hiking with her husband. And her husband is a doctor. And when they came home, she had a fever. So they thought that, okay, maybe... You know, she got a cold or something. And then all of a sudden she fainted. And then they called the ambulance. And in the ambulance she had a seizure and she died. What happened? A tick bite. A small tiny insect bit her. Tiny insect. Imagine. I mean, when I heard about that story, I was shaken. I was like, Allahu Akbar. I mean, you don't know where and when something could harm you. And the husband is a doctor. She is sick, you know, in, with burning fever in front of him. And instead of taking her to the hospital, he's like, I'm a doctor, you know, I'll take care of her here. And he thought everything was in control until she fainted, she passed out, and she started having seizures and finished. So when you hear such things, when you witness such things, it, it does sadden you. It breaks your heart. And when you say things like, Poor woman. And similar expressions, like the Prophet ﷺ said, لَكِنِ الْبَائِسُ سَعْدُ بْنُ خَوْلَ This is okay. It's fine. But look at all that the Prophet ﷺ said. Just, لَكِنِ الْبَائِسُ سَعْدُ بْنُ خَوْلَ That's it. He didn't go on saying more and more and more. We don't stop. We will say things like, oh, miskeen, poor woman. And then we just go on and on, grieving saying negative things. So we see over here the Prophet ﷺ expressed his sadness and that is something permissible.
uh, one benefit we learn from this hadith and it's something very important for us to understand. Remember that the Sahaba who had migrated from Mecca to Medina, they were forbidden from returning to Mecca in order to live there. Of course, they were allowed to go back to Mecca, perform Hajj, perform Umrah. All right, the Prophet ﷺ himself did that. But they were not allowed to stay in Mecca for more than three days. Only three days. After three days, they had to get up and go. The conquest of Mecca was a different scenario because the Prophet ﷺ was there for a greater purpose and then he had to go to Ta'if also. So that's why that trip was longer. But even then, the Prophet ﷺ did not stay inside the city of Mecca. You know that? His tent was pitched in a place that was nearby. Okay, but not inside the city of Mecca. Anyway, they were not allowed to go back to live in Mecca. Why? Because if they had left Mecca for the sake of Allah, then they have left Mecca for the sake of Allah. Khalas. There's no turning back. And if you turn back, then what will happen? You might regret your previous decision. Isn't it? And as you regret your previous decision you might end up wasting your own reward. Isn't it? And the thing is that when you change your action, then you change your thinking also. When you regress in your actions, your thinking, your thought process will be similar. So this means that when you give up something for the sake of Allah, then do not return to it. This includes, for example, if you give something away for the sake of Allah, then don't take it back. For example, you give something as a gift, don't take it back. You give something in charity, now don't go and buy it again. Alright? Why? Because if you gave it, you gave it. There's no second thoughts and there's no, you know, changing your mind afterwards. And this is how you increase your reward. By staying firm on your decision. And this is something very easy to understand. You know, I'm sure you you have left many things in your life. Maybe a classroom. Maybe a friend. Maybe a, a place where you used to live once upon a time. Maybe the street that you grew up biking on. Every time you go by that place, every time you visit that place, then what happens? What happens? You think about all the good times and you start missing it. And you're like, oh, why, why did we ever move from here? Why did we? And this is not a healthy thing. You're constantly reminding yourself of the past. You're not allowing yourself to move on. And this also teaches us that anything that you start, begin for the sake of Allah, any change that you make in your life for the sake of Allah, then stick to it. Don't make the deen a game. Don't make your religious practices a game, a play. That one day you do something, next day you leave it, another day you do it, then you leave it. Who are you? What are you? What defines you? What actions are a part of you? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala likes consistency. Is it not the case? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala likes consistency. So when you start something, complete it. And part of completing it is that you stick to it until the end of your life. You don't leave it. You don't stop it. Yes, things are not meant to be easy. You think it was easy for the companions to return to Makkah for Umrah and then not miss the streets of Makkah? and not wish to just stay in Makkah, this must have been so hard for them. Because first of all, Makkah was their home, and secondly, Makkah is Makkah. So when you have left something for the sake of Allah, 
then don't take it back. Don't go back to it. When you have started something for the sake of Allah, then complete it. And ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us tawfiq to complete it. Our problem is that we're constantly seeking, you know, a sense of excitement, some kind of thrill. So as soon as we do something, after some time it gets boring, monotonous, we're too used to it, we, we want to change. And then we're like, oh, maybe it was a bad idea, maybe I should change, you know, uh, it's not fard anyway, things like that. We justify it. But this is a, a dangerous pattern of thinking. باب ما ينهى من الحلق عند المصيبة What is prohibited of halq? Halq is to shave the head عند المصيبة when a calamity strikes. Again, the people of Jahiliya would do this, that when something terrible would happen, they would shave their heads. وقال الحكم بن موسى حدثنا يحيى بن حمزة عن عبد الرحمن بن جابر أن القاسم بن مخيمرة حدثه قال حدثني أبو بردة بن أبي موسى رضي الله عنه قال وجع أبو موسى وجعا He said, Abu Burda ibn Abi Musa said that Abu Musa radiallahu anhu fell ill and waj'an, he was ill, faghushiya alayhi and he fainted. Wara'suhu fi hajrim ra'atim min ahli. And his head was in the lap of a woman from his family. From another narration we learned that that was his wife. Falam yastati' an yarudda alayha shay'an. And he was not able to reply to her. Meaning every time that she asked him, you okay? You okay? Answer me, answer me. He wouldn't answer her. فَلَمَّا أَفَاقَ Then when he woke up, قَالَ أَنَا بَرِيءٌ مِمَّنْ بَرِيءَ مِنْهُ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ When he became conscious again, he said, I am dissociated from the one who the Prophet ﷺ dissociated himself from. إن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم بريء من الصالقة والحالقة والشاقة. The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم dissociated himself from the صالقة. Who is the صالقة? The one who screams out loud at the time of musibah. And the حالقة. Who is the حالقة? The one who shaves her head, all of her hair or some of her hair at a time of calamity. والشاقة. Who is شاقة? The one who tears her clothes at a time of musibah. Now, in this narration, we find some details. In other narrations, we learn that the reason why he said this when he woke up is because when he fainted, his wife screamed. Okay? She screamed. She started crying out loud and wailing because perhaps she thought that her husband had passed away. But he was alive. He had just fallen unconscious. He was not able to respond to her. So when he did regain consciousness, this is what he said. How amazing the companions were, right? What do we do? At such times, we're like, okay, deen, yeah, deen is deen, you know. But right now, this was something so difficult and emotional and, uh, you know, so if they're screaming, let me also scream with them. And if they're crying, let me also cry with them and empathize with them. No, rules are rules. No matter how difficult the situation is, you don't scream. You don't wail out loud. The one who slaps the cheeks is not of us. حدثنا محمد بن بشار حدثنا عبد الرحمن حدثنا سفيان عن الأعمش عن عبد الله بن مرة عن مسروق عن عبد الله رضي الله عنه عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said ليس منا من ضرب الخدود He is not of us who strikes the cheeks 
slaps the cheeks, washaqul jiyub, and tears the clothes, the shirt, wada'a bidawal jahiliya, and cries out with the cry of jahiliya. We have read this hadith earlier. Bab ma yunha min al waili wada'al jahiliyati indal musiba. The prohibition of wailing and saying the words of jahiliya, meaning making the calls or du'as that the people of Jahiliya would make, indal musiba at a time of calamity. حدثنا عمر بن حفص حدثنا أبي حدثنا الأعمش عن عبد الله بن مرة عن مسروق عن عبد الله رضي الله عنه قال قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ليس منا من ضرب الخدود وشق الجيوب ودعا بدعوى الجاهلية So here Imam Bukhari is bringing the same hadith slightly different narration but proving again separately each of these things that we're not allowed to do any of these at a time of calamity What should we do? باب من جلس عند المصيبة يعرف فيه الحزن The one who sits down at the time of calamity while the grief, the huzn, the sadness is visible on his face. حدثنا محمد بن المثنى حدثنا عبد الوهاب قال سمعت يحيى قال أخبرتني عمرة قالت سمعت عائشة رضي الله عنها You see this chain again? عمرة is taking the hadith from عائشة قالت لما جاء النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قتل بن حارثة when the news came to the Prophet ﷺ of the qatl of Ibn Haritha. Who is Ibn Haritha? Zayd bin Haritha. Wa Ja'farin. Who is Ja'far? Ja'far ibn Abi Talib. Wa ibn Rawaha. And Abdullah ibn Rawaha. When were these three killed? In the battle of Mu'ta. We learned earlier about how the Prophet ﷺ informed the people of the events of this battle. So when he was told about the death of these three men, and these three men, remember, they were very important to him. Who was Zayd radiallahu anhu? Hibbun Nabi. The beloved of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Who was Ja'far? Ibn Abi Talib. Who was Abdullah ibn Rawaha? He called him his khatib. Right? So these three were very important people to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So when he heard the news of their death, jalasa, he just sat down. Yu'rafu fihi al-huzn. The grief could be recognized in his face. Aisha anha says, وَأَنَا أَنظُرُ مِنْ صَائِرِ الْبَابِ And I was watching from the crack in the door. What is صَائِرِ الْبَابِ? شَقِّ الْبَابِ The crack in the door. Meaning the door was not fully closed. She was in the house and the Prophet ﷺ was in the masjid. So she saw him sitting down and you could see the sadness on his face. فَأَتَاهُ رَجُلٌ So a man came to him. فَقَالَ And he said to him, إِنَّ النِّسَاءَ جَعْفَرٍ That indeed the women of Ja'far وَذَكَرَ بُكَاءَهُنَّ And he mentioned their crying. Now what exactly he said? Aisha radiallahu anha does not report it. فَأَمَرَهُ أَنْ يَنْهَاهُنَّ So the Prophet ﷺ told that man to go and stop them. To stop the women of Ja'far from wailing. فَذَهَبَ So the man went. ثُمَّ أَتَاهُ الثَّانِيَ And then he came to him a second time. لَمْ يُطْعِنَهُ same thing happened. He told the Prophet ﷺ, the women of Ja'far, the Prophet ﷺ said, stop them because lam yuti'nahu, because the women had not listened to him. فَأَتَاهُ الثَّالِثَ So the man went the second time, came back again a third time, قَالَ وَاللَّهِ غَلَبْنَنَا يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ He said, by Allah, these women have overcome us. Meaning they're not listening to us, they're just wailing and crying away. فَزَعَمَتْ أَنَّهُ قَالَ So Aisha رضي الله عنها thought that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said to him then فَحْثُ فِي أَفْوَاهِهِنَّ التُّرَابِ Then put mud in their mouths. فَقُلْتُ So Aisha رضي الله عنها said that I said أَرْغَمَ اللَّهُ أَنْفَكْ She said to the man who came to the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم three times she said to him 
ارغم اللہ انفق می اللہ رب یور نوز ان ڈسٹ لم تفعل ما امرك رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم neither did you do what the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم told you to do ولم تترك رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم من العناء nor did you leave the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم because of his distress so aisha radhiyallahu anha got mad at this man who is this man we don't know because she doesn't mention the name but this man came to the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم three times when the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم was visibly sad And kept complaining to him that all oh, those women are crying, those women are crying, those women are crying. So eventually the Prophet ﷺ said, put mud in their mouths. That is not literal. Okay, it's taken as a warning. So when he said put mud in their mouths, it doesn't mean literally put mud in their mouths. It is meaning give them a serious warning. So from this hadith we see that the Prophet ﷺ was sad. And in his immense sadness, what did he do? What did he do? He just sat down. He didn't isolate himself. He was in the masjid. Inshallah, we'll conclude over here. Subhanakallahum bihamdik. Ashadu an la ilaha illa anta. Astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.